welcome to Accountable, where your business is our business. Hosted by David R. Peters. Today's guest is Bryce Oldham. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Accountable, the podcast for CFOs by a CFO. My name's David Peters. I can almost hear it already. There's going to be somebody that says to me right after this podcast drops, probably a few of you, you're going to say, Dave, why do I need a financial advisor to get involved in designing a retirement plan for my company? Why do I need to do that? The fact is, is that we're financial people. We know about money. We're good at that. And why would we need somebody else? Well, I don't know if you need a financial advisor to be involved in the the designing of your retirement plan or not. Maybe you're perfectly fine with it. But I think for a good number of people, the investment world is not something that we've been terribly involved in. We've been involved in accounting. We maybe have been involved in auditing. We maybe have been involved in the tax side of our industry. However, the investment world is kind of a unique place. And one of the things that I tend to get asked a lot about is about uh, the investment world, because I don't think it's something that just because you're a CPA, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily really involved in the investment world. And designing a retirement plan is a big responsibility. And it's one that we as CFOs are often tasked with. I mean, we're the financial officer for the company. And, uh, you know, so therefore people think, well, it's got to do with money. Therefore, uh, you know, hey, you're the CFO, you're up. And uh, you need to make sure that this works for us. It's a big responsibility, too. I mean, uh, if you look at surveys pretty much year after year, you will see that the most valued employee benefits are health insurance, And retirement plans, those are the things that employees really care about. And if that's the thing that employees care about, that is the thing that's going to allow you to retain talent. And so that is why this is so important. So whether or not you need a financial advisor, uh, you know, I don't know, that's up to you. My goal today is just really to give you some perspective on uh, financial advising, and uh, we're going to talk to somebody who has been involved in the investment world for a a while now. So uh, my guest today is Bryce Oldham. Uh, Bryce is a financial advisor and an investment uh, analyst for Carroll Financial Associates in lovely, beautiful, scenic Charlotte, North Carolina. Bryce has been at this for about 12 years, and so I think that uh, he's going to offer us some good perspective on uh, how the investment world works and uh, just uh, giving us some tips about how exactly we can design a good retirement plan that's going to work for our employees. Like I said, I mean, this is an important task. It's certainly not one to be taken lightly uh, because uh, this is the at least one of the things that always shows up as being very important to employees. So we should pay attention to it because of that. Enjoy my conversation with Bryce Oldham. Bryce Oldham. 
Bryce, thank you for joining us this week on Accountable. Well, glad to be here. Uh, this should be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great conversation today and a, and a very uh, timely uh, conversation, I think, uh, in a lot of ways. I think a lot of uh, our uh, listeners uh, probably uh, getting uh, ready for open enrollment or uh, maybe just uh, uh, in kind of going through that process and everything. It's kind of that time of the year, uh, I think, uh, as, uh, as we're starting to think about it. I can tell you, though, that, um, you know, you're a financial advisor and, uh, you know, and I think that's uh, probably the first question that I think is probably going to be on a lot of people's minds is why do they need a financial advisor? Because, you know, I mean, uh, we CPAs, we're, we're, you know, we're money people. I mean, why do we need a financial advisor? Why do we need a financial advisor when we're trying to put together a retirement plan for a company? Well, uh, that's a really great question. And really, it's the type of financial advisor that I think that people are going to be looking for. You really need somebody to help support you with the fiduciary aspect of a uh, retirement plan, regardless of what it is. Um, 401ks have some more stringent rules around them. Um, but if you hire the right advisor who is a fiduciary, they're going to make sure that the benefits are for the participants the same as the fiduciaries on the plan uh, at the company are having to do as well. And uh, there's a lot of different areas where we can support, um, especially in plan design, plan services, investment monitoring, and education. All the things that we need to push down to the employee. Yeah, and I think that that's a great point. I mean, it's not so much that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, CPAs don't necessarily understand some of the concepts and everything like that. It's just, there's just a lot to these plans. I mean, uh, you know, putting together a 401k plan, I mean, I can tell you, especially, uh, you know, working in startups and things like that, that's a big responsibility. There's just a lot of gears and a lot of pieces that I think you, you have to work through. That's right. Um, and, and it all starts from the beginning um, and, and getting it together. And one thing that I will say about having an advisor on the plan uh, from a forward looking standpoint is the annual review process. Right. Unlike uh, health plans or dental plans, all the things that are reviewed annually before open enrollment, a lot of times retirement plans get set to the side. Um, and that's because it's a set it and forget it kind of thing, especially in a long bull market. Um, and so they get neglected. And if you don't pay attention to them, at least annually, you're not able to benchmark them for what you're paying versus your peers, how the investments are performing. Um, and truly, are you getting what you pay for from a service standpoint? I think that's a great point, and and uh, I, I think very well said. One of the more interesting things uh, that comes out every year, uh, Sherm uh, typically has a uh, a survey that goes out and uh, asks uh, uh, different employers uh, throughout uh, throughout the country, throughout the United States, what benefits uh, that employees uh, actually actually uh, are most important to employees. The top two, pretty much every year, are health insurance and retirement plans. But yet, as you said, a lot of times I think we look at retirement plans as, again, it's a set it and forget it. And really, you kind of want somebody who's kind of monitoring that the entire the entire time. And especially if, if for no other reason, that you want to be able to retain talent, which, uh, you know, every CFO is trying to retain talent these days, I think. That's right. Um, and, and definitely having a strong retirement plan uh, with retirement benefits will help retain employees. Um, and that again comes back to what are the goals of the company and retention for the employees. 
Yeah. Um, I would also say, too, you know, a lot of CFOs, I mean, they're they're not necessarily investment as, as experts. I mean, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of uh, CPAs, they uh, they get into, uh, you know, accounting and everything. They get into accounting positions and are very good at, uh, you know, internal controls and operations. But investments is just kind of a different world. Um, you know, any, any words of advice for those who are trying to put together a uh, retirement plan, maybe for the first time, any sort of rules of thumb uh, from your experience? that uh, you think that uh, people should kind of keep in mind? Well, the first thing that I want to bring up uh, as far as creating a new plan, it's never been easier to create a retirement plan. And that's because in the SECURE Act of 2020, they increased the startup tax credits available to plan sponsors. And that credit can be as high as $5,000. And that's $250 per participant which is considered a non-highly compensated participant that you're going to get credited back for plan costs. And that will last for three years because right. the number one reason most employers don't start a plan is due to cost. Right. Well, now right. It, it, you're getting a lot of money back to do that. So that that's first off cost. The benefit is out there for people to look to start a new one. And then the other I look at is if you're just starting out, you really need to minimize the number of investments. We find that the more an employee looks at the investment selection and has too many options, they get confused and they're not really sure what to do um, and they won't, in, won't invest or may not uh, participate. So use target date funds, keep the selection small, make sure it's well diversified. Um, again, meeting the rules of the fiduciary through ERISA um, and following those. And then the other piece I'll, I would uh, bring up and we could talk about this again is auto enrollment. I think sure. that that's a really big thing for companies to utilize now, especially given that savings rates are so low across the country in retirement plans. Yeah, I mean, you you made uh, you made two great points there. I think uh, you know the first one is is uh, you know, and I just want to make sure that people heard it uh, because. Uh, you know, the, the uh, I think the tendency is, is that we kind of want to make a retirement plan that's going to kind of be all things to all people. <laughs> I, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's what we were trying to do. Um, I think, because uh, I think a lot of CFOs, uh, you know, their heart's in the right place. They're trying to put, put a plan in place that's going to meet everybody's needs. Um, but, uh, you know, really what we find is, and there's academic research that back this up, that the more sort of choices that you give people in retirement plans um, that sometimes there's sort of this line where you're sort of like giving them enough choice and then giving them too much. And so once you kind of, if you just give them hundreds of funds um, to choose from, most of the time people freeze because it's just like they just don't know what to do. Um, And I think that that is uh, something there. And that's where an investment advisor I think can really help you is to really kind of pare that down into something that is more uh, more a place where where people are going to take advantage of the plan and they're going to enroll. And uh, you know, you made a good point about auto enrollment too. Auto enrollment is uh, is uh, one of the things more and more companies are doing. Um, one of the best academic sur- uh, surveys I ever saw was uh, there was a uh, a group of uh, of uh, professors that uh, were putting together a research project, and they were trying all these things to try to figure out how you could uh, increase participation in retirement plans. The the most uh, the most uh, the one that uh, sort of stood out the most was auto enrollment. How do you get people more people to enroll in your retirement plan? You make them do it without having to do a thing. <laughs> That's right. And also, I'll just throw in, in a recent study, um, people, 15% of people actually went and opted out 
once they were opted in through the company. And that's big. Um, once they're in, it shows that they stay in. Um, they don't opt out often. So that, that's really a good thing. Many companies still have problems, though. I mean, even with all this stuff, getting younger employees to participate in their 401ks, uh, you know, and even though even with everything that's out there right now about the importance of saving for retirement, seems like, you know, every day we're kind of bombarded by commercials and things like that, talking about how people are under safe for retirement. Um, what do you what do you see? Uh, is, is there anything CFOs can really do to sort of change this trend of like, uh, you know, younger employees maybe not participating in retirement plans? Well, the first thing, obviously, I think uh, most important is the automatic enrollment feature um, and then have the money go into a target date fund based on that employee's age. Um, that would be really big. And then have it auto increase annually by maybe a percent. Right. For the younger employees. That's the easy way. The other way to look at it is if you have the right type of advisor on the plan, you can do it more organically where that advisor is coming in annually and educating not just the young employees, but all employees about personal savings, about compounding long term and showing them the value of getting into the plan early and often. And if you have that kind of participation rate from the employees, it actually makes it more beneficial for the employer to have more benefits for the company as well from tax incentives and for the, the highly compensated um, uh, participants. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, one of the more kind of more recent, uh, I guess, innovations, I don't even know if that's the right word, but uh, one of the more recent uh, uh, tools that we see in retirement planning is uh, even small business owners. I mean, I, the, the point that you said earlier on, you said that uh, it's more easy now um, to start retirement plans than maybe ever before, which uh, is kind of, uh, you know, kind of a, an interesting thing. One of the more uh, unique things going on right now is sort of this uh, increase in solo 401ks. Um, it's a newer idea. Used to be that, uh, you know, we used to say that a 401k, that's for big companies, okay? Um, and it's sort of bit for big companies only. But solo 401ks uh, seem to be uh, kind of something that's starting to catch on a little bit. Well, the, the beautiful thing about the solo 401k, and I love, and I utilize this for a lot of my uh, clients who are individual business owners, sure, is that you can truly maximize the benefit of the employee contribution and the employer contribution for that specific tax year. So, for example, in 2020, it's 57000 Now, right. looking at that, the, the one key piece to being in a solo K is that you have to be by yourself. The right. only employees that you can actually have are going to be family members that have earned income from the business. So you could hire your spouse or someone like that to participate in a solo K, but it's a great way for individual business owners to put away the maximum amount of dollars. Um, and there are some differences in a solo K versus the SEP IRA um, and, and how it functions versus you know other types of retirement plans. Yeah, um, that's a that's a great point. And again, that's where, uh, you know, if, if that's not something that you know well, and I would encourage our listeners, uh, you know, if that's not something that you know well, that's an even better reason to get an advisor involved. Um, you know, SEP IRAs, it's it's kind of a unique animal. Um, they work really well uh, for kind of the right right type of client. Simples are another thing that's uh, that are still out there um, for small smaller businesses. 
And then you also have the solo 401k. And solo 401ks, I mean, you can really max out, really take advantage of some good tax deductions uh, in the right circumstances. So I, I, think that that's, uh, I think that's a great point. Yeah, and the one thing I'll talk about with the SEP, um, just to talk about a couple of the key differences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the SEP IRA is another great tool to maximize what you're putting into the retirement plan because it does allow you to put up to 25% of your income. However, if you're the business owner and you have employees, in this case, you can have employees, you have to give them the same amount that you are giving yourself. Right. A lot of times a business owner doesn't want to give an employee 25% of their income. Right. You have to do that. That's non-optional. So whatever you give yourself, you have to give to others. That's usually a reason why most employers stay away from the SEP um, because they're, they're required to do that. One th reason that they do like the SEP is that there is a three-year eligibility clause. So right. that employee, if they're new, they can't participate. You don't have to give them anything until after three years. Um, so that's that's one side of the SEP that's there. But the solo 401k actually allows you to, A, let the employee decide if they want to participate, and then B, from an employer profit sharing standpoint, decide how much you want to give. Um, and that that's another side of it as well. So there are some differences. The solo K is a whole, or sorry, I'm excuse me, the simple IRA is a whole different animal. Yeah. And we can get into that too if you want. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, uh, so simple, simple have been around for a while, um, not a, a new thing. Uh, both SEPs and simples are actually made up of IRAs too. So uh, some of the, uh, you know, prohibited investments and that kind of stuff, uh, anything that's basically that's uh, uh, prohibited in an IRA is prohibited in a SEP and a simple too, because SEPs and simples are made up of IRAs. So so that's, uh, you know, so, um, so just a couple of things to keep in mind there. Um, simples, uh, lower uh, contribution standards, right? Yep, it's thirteen thousand per year. Um, the employer is required to contribute, uh, do a matching contribution. Um, that's, I mean, for the small, small employer that just wants to get a plan together, that doesn't want to spend a lot of money getting it going, the simple is really truly the way to go, um, because it is exactly as it's titled. It's simple. It doesn't require a lot of paperwork. It just requires that the employer is willing to match the employee. And there's some rules around that. The one other thing about a simple IRA that people need to be aware of is that you have once you contribute to a simple IRA, you cannot roll over that money or move it to any other type of IRA for at least a two-year period. After the two-year period, you can move it to any kind of IRA you want. If you do that before or take distributions, before the two-year period, there is a 25% penalty on that. And that's one rule with the simple that's completely different than others. Um, and then you just can't contribute what you would normally contribute to a 401k. So the numbers are a little lower, but again, it's simple. So it's an easy way to get started. One of the things that I think is uh, particularly uh, good about sort of uh, uh, getting an, an advisor involved in kind of your retirement planning too is especially if you're a small business or you do a lot of advising, because I think a lot of our listeners, uh, they also do a lot of advising uh, to small businesses as well. 
Um, and, and, you know, and uh, I always tell folks, uh, you know, especially when I'm out and I'm uh, speaking and teaching and, and things like that, um, you, you know, um, I'm, I'm a small business owner um, and uh, my dad's a small business owner. Um, a lot of small business owners have trouble saving for retirement. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different types of retirement plans that are out there right now that are made for smaller employers where smaller employers can really do a lot. Um, but again, they got to understand all these nuances here. And, uh, you know, as, as I think you've rightly pointed out, um, there's, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of considerations that we need to think about uh, when putting a plan in place. It's a very specialized area, I think. It, it is. And if you have the right team of people around you who are fiduciaries and have to do what's in the best interest of the plan, you're going to get to what's right for your business. Um, and that's something that you can find out up front from the people that you're hiring to assist. Right. The one thing I want to hit on too, um, while we're talking about this is understanding, you know, when you get a, a retirement plan, what are you truly paying for? And what I try to tell people is that th there's three layers of cost. Okay. There's right. cost a is what it's going to cost you to set up the plan the design of it and the servicing ongoing of the plan. And this is plan documents that need to be created and submitted to you know, the IRS. This is uh, taking in the contributions and getting them to the appropriate accounts. That's one cost that you're gonna have. The second cost is the underlying investment costs. What are you paying for the underlying investments? Should we use index funds? Should we use active management? If we are hiring mutual funds, are we getting what we're paying for? Right. Geographically, do we have the right investments in there? Are investments concentrated? Are we creating risks that an employee can get themselves in trouble from that respect? And then third, and what I feel is the most important, is plan education and guidance for the employer and the employee. And this is the fiduciary support. Um, and if you hire the right person that comes in, they're going to re they're going to monitor the plan at least on an annual basis. They're going to look at the investments. They're going to make sure the employees understand what's going on. They're going to talk to the employer to make sure that the plan they have in place is what they still want from a design perspective. But more importantly, are the costs for those three tranches what you should be paying compared to peers of the same plan size? And I can't tell you how many times that I can walk into a situation and review a current 401k and see that they're paying too much for too little. And that's because it's not getting serviced ongoing and having all of those things reviewed as you would your health plan or your dental plan. Yeah, I think uh, all of those are great points. Um, Bryce, any, uh, any sort of uh, uh, closing thoughts uh, um, and how can, uh, how can uh, people get a hold of you? Uh, well, closing thoughts are retirement plans. We need them. We need people participating. Um, our country is uh, not really in the best retirement health as far as people participating. Um, actually, uh, there's a stat today, people age 55 to 61. I heard this on a podcast I listened to. Um, it was put out by uh, Fidelity that ages 55 to 61, that the average plan balance is $21,000. Um, and that to me is an oncoming retirement crisis. Um, so we need plans. Um, so companies adopt them, you're getting tax benefits. 
Um, I just think it's a great way for us to help the future. Uh, one of the many ways to help the future. Yeah, uh, twenty-one thousand bucks ain't going to get you very far. Uh. <laughs> well, it's not, and that that comes back to education, right? Um, right. And then not just necessarily education. There's a lot of other reasons why that could be that way too, but we won't get into that on this podcast. <laughs> but the thing is, at the end of the day. Um, you know, they're very important and it's a great tool for employers to use um, as far as retaining talent and getting people in the right spot. Um, if you want to contact me, you know, my name is Bryce Oldham. You can Google search it. There's not many Bryce Oldhams out there, uh, <laughs> but I am, uh, I work at Carroll Financial as a financial planner. Um, I can be reached at boldham at carrollfinancial.com and my phone number is 704 704- Four zero nine two five eight three. Yeah. So, so guys, again, um, if you're listening to this, keep in mind. Okay. Again, remember top two benefits that uh, that employees care about, at least according to Sherm, health insurance and retirement plans. And uh, you know, so definitely taking some time and uh, and putting some work into your retirement plan. I think uh, I think that's a great way to retain talent, and it's a great way to take care of your employees. And uh, it's uh, something that. Uh, uh, you, we may not spend a lot of time on, but maybe we should spend uh, maybe a little bit more time on. So anyway, Bryce, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, on this episode of Accountable. I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it too. Thanks for listening to Accountable. Be sure to subscribe for more interviews and insights from today's business leaders. David Peters is a registered representative offering securities through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Carroll Financial Associates, a registered investment advisor. Peters Tax Preparation, David Peters Financial, Carroll Financial, and Satera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. He is located at 1657 West Broad Street, Unit 5, Richmond, Virginia, 23220, and can be reached at 804-332-1373. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Satera. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual.